Hello and welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. My name is Nicole Bennett and I'm an urban and regional planner and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode I'll bring you conversations with city shapers and thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and growth. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia, a host city for the Summer Olympics and Paralympics in 2032. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade of change for our city and our region. These conversations on the podcast will help us to understand the opportunities and challenges ahead of us. So let's take a minute from your busy hustle and bustle kind of day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode two of the podcast. This marks my very first interview on the podcast. So I wanted to bring you someone who is extremely wise, but kind an undeniable leader in the field of cities, but also what I would describe as the ultimate lifelong learner. Someone who I could ask some fairly broad questions and get some meaningful answers. And someone who I knew would make my first interview here a lot of fun. So I called in my friend, Professor Paul Burton. He's the director of the Cities Research Institute at Griffith Uni. Paul is a strong advocate for the Gold Coast and for ensuring that growth is sustainable and well-planned. He's community-minded and serves on a range of volunteer boards and committees, willingly giving up his time in the pursuit of passing on his diverse knowledge and expertise. I'm so pleased you could join me here today, Paul, and be my first guest on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. My pleasure. So for those who don't know Paul, as I said, he's the director of the City Research Institute and he also serves on a number of professional boards and holds positions such as the Vice President of the Planning Institute of Australia, Queensland Division. Um, and I just thought you could give me a little bit of info on the City Research Institute and what it does. Sure. So we're one of a number of institutes at Griffith University. We're, we're quite big and broad ranging. I've got about 80 academics and over 100 PhD students. We've got architects and planners, we've got civil and coastal engineers, we've got environmental scientists, we've got some economists, I think we've still got a lawyer. Um, so we basically do research on many varied aspects of urban life and processes of urban change really, what, what makes cities tick and what makes them change over time. And it's some fascinating work, Paul. Um, and I'd really like to just get a bit more info from you about cities and the Gold Coast in general. Um, but before we get into that, I haven't given you any warning about this, <laughs> but um, I'd like to ask you a few quick questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So what's your coffee order? Uh, double espresso with a bit of extra hot water on the side. <laughs> okay. So no milk? No, um, no, no, no. Are you more of a creative or a scientist? Oh, bit of both I think I'd, I'd like to think that I can be creative but I also like that kind of rigorous questioning of assumptions so yeah bit of both that's what you need um, how do you de-stress after a busy week uh, it used to be with a gin and tonic but I haven't had a drink for two years now so it's uh, it's I'm I'm experimenting with a variety of uh, fizzy waters and uh, <laughs> different flavors, uh, and probably a bit of music, listening, not playing. Um, I I kind of sing in the shower, but not in public. Uh, and unlike you, my kids are a bit older, so I don't have the joys of uh, uh, looking after children to 
de-stress or re-stress me when I get home. <laughs> Very good. And finally, what single piece of advice would you give your 18-year-old self? <laughs> <laughs> Was 18-year-old Paul a rebel? Oh, um, a, a, a bit. I, so I just started when I was 18 I just started a degree in town and country planning um, I think I would the advice I would give myself now would be yeah be a bit more bold and experimental take take risks don't worry about failing so long as you learn from your mistakes but don't take so much of the easy comfortable road and that's some great advice. We're actually sitting in a room with some students from Griffith University right now. So I hope you guys take note of that. Be bold. Um, okay, well, that's, that's sort of the warm up. Um, and so I've just got a few questions here, but I, I've just wanted to be conversational. So sure. sort of the first one I wanted to start with was why do you love the Gold Coast? I see you're sort of, you're heavily involved in, in Gold Coast matters, in, in the future of the Gold Coast. Um, you live here, you work here, you play here. Um, it, it seems to really um, be important to you. So what do you love about it? Why do you love it? So I moved here in 2007 from the UK to take up this job at Griffith University. Um, so I was used to living in European cities, in, in England uh, in particular. Uh, and coming here was, I had been to the Gold Coast once on holiday a few years before I moved here. But it was just so different to anything that I had experienced. So new, the climate, the weather, the beachfront. I mean, it's just an extraordinary place. And I still think it's an extraordinary place. I, I, a couple of weekends ago, I went up to the spit because I know they'd finished, I um, can't remember what they call it now, but the, the kind of improvements to the, to the seawall. So you can walk out to the lighthouse, take your selfies. And if you, if you go there and look south, you get this extraordinary view of compressed view of the high rises of surfers and broad beach. You get a similar view from the south if you go to Corumbin. Go to the surf club, uh, Vikings Surf Club at Corumbin and look north. And again, you see that kind mm -hmm. of compressed view. And it, it just, like one of my favorite films is The Wizard of Oz. And you get that image of the Emerald City. You know, they're approaching the totally. Emerald City. And I just think when I see the Gold Coast from those perspectives, it's like the Emerald City. It's this kind of weird, magical place from afar. Now, when you kind of get close up, it's maybe a little bit different. You know, when you get to Surfers Paradise, you go, whoa. <laughs> that's, uh, but it, but not so generally, magic. not quite so magic sometimes, you know. But it, it's still an extraordinary place and so different to what I was used to. And that, that still excites me and enthralls me. And I just find it endlessly fascinating. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's those vistas that from those key sort of landmarks and you look at the skyline and you just think, wow, like it feels like that, you know, the world is at your, your fingertips, you know, and you can, you can do anything because really the city has just grown, you know, so rapidly uh, from, from nothing pretty much, you know. I mean, that has to be almost unheard of in other countries around the world. What's your experience? Um yeah, so one of the things we, I've said in some of my writing is that if you look just at Australia, Australia has developed two major new cities in the last 100 years, the Gold Coast and Canberra. Yeah, right. And they're so different. You know, yeah. Canberra is the epitome of a planned city. Yeah. Um, you know, they came in, they 
in the middle of nowhere they you know because victoria and new south wales couldn't agree where the capital would be so they kind of said okay neither of you will stick it in the middle of nowhere and start from scratch so it's it's the ultimate in a planned city the gold coast the opposite i mean it, <laughs> it wasn't planned in that way it's just kind of emerged um and grown really rapidly now i think people in the gold coast might look at canberra and say it's the most boring place you could imagine people in canberra might look at the gold coast and say it's the weirdest bizarre place you can imagine um and the reality of course is a bit uh, a bit of both but it i mean places do emerge very quickly but not in this kind of way so i mean you can go to places in china yeah. and places emerge very quickly very big places i mean yeah. we we think the gold coast is a big and fast growing place i mean we're still only what six six hundred thousand people yeah in it won't be until i don't know 2050 that we're over a million and and you know so so we're a we're a large sixth largest city in australia but by chinese standards or indian standards or african standards you know we're not a big place you know we're not a big we're big places are 10 million plus yeah you know, there's 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 nowhere in australia like that so you know i think it's important to keep that perspective we're we're big for here but yeah. not big globally fast growing for here but not, not fast growing compared to some other places around the world that's a good perspective because i think we often forget that um so I guess, what are your main observations about our city over the past five to ten years? You know, given that we have grown fairly rapidly, um, there have been a number of challenges, but what would, you know, what would be your main observations that you've seen? Well, I think that the city has kind of grown up. It's not just grown up physically in that there are lots of high-rises now. We've probably got more high-rises than most other cities in Australia. Uh, and we've grown outwards. The population has grown, the urban footprint has grown. But I think we have, in the last 20 or so years, matured as a city, uh, kind of politically and socially and economically and culturally. Now, some people will take issue with that, you know, the, the, the one doesn't wish to kind of denigrate our friends and colleagues down south. But, you know, I've, I've had conversations with some Victorians who have views about the Gold Coast that aren't especially favourable, or some people from Sydney and New South Wales who kind of think we're a cultural desert and we're a kind of teenage upstart. And we have been as we'll a city. Ever, do you think we'll ever shake that? You know, I think that's... Oh, I, I, yes, I, I mean, I think at some point it's a bit like the rest of us, you know. I mean, sometimes I still think I'm 18 until I look in the mirror. <laughs> Um, some people will still say the Gold Coast is an adolescent city and then they go, but hang on, it's been an established and recognised city for 100 years and it's got some of the things that we've had and taken for granted. So it's become a bit more recognised as a fully-fledged city. Having said that, I think one of the things that always intrigues me is that, you know, there, there are people and institutions in the city that, that strive to be a bit mature Mm. But then every now and again, we'll still do something a little bit um, immature. So we're so in our mid-twenties now. We're, we're kind of in our mid-twenties. We're, we're, you know, uh, growing up a bit. But, we're, you know, there's still the kind of dynamism and the energy of, 
of of youth, which I think is a good thing. So I hope we don't lose that. Mm. But how maybe do we, how do we do that? Like, how do we grow as a city and mature as a city without losing our famous for fun? You know, without losing our kind of you know, we've got a, a lot of positives come from that. You know, we've got all the entertainment opportunities. You know, we're really sort of bringing a lot of um, like the sun, surf, beach. You know, we don't want to lose kind of what we're known for in that regard, but we do want to shake this glitter strip. You know, this kind yeah. of the nightlife party animal type. But well, maybe it, not. Maybe that does attract people. And well, I don't know. Well, do it, well, it does. I think one of the challenges is is making provision for you know, permanent residents and provision for temporary visitors and tourists. And a lot of the things that we do are designed quite rightly and appropriately for, for tourists and visitors, but you kind of go, well, okay, that's maybe providing economic opportunities for, for me and my family, but, you know, I, you know, I haven't been to Dreamworld for 14 years you know well, I was um, saying the same thing but now I'm going again with the well, kids yes, so I've, okay, I've been uh, to SeaWorld yes. just recently I hadn't been for like for a long oh, time 15 yes. years I reckon yes exactly so um, uh, I mean I think um, you know looking at the different needs and expectations of new generations you know people who were born here you know you would have had expectations and and uh, uh, desires as a, as a kind of single person they're different now as as a mother with small children yeah. and in 10 years time when they're teenagers uh, or in 20 years time when they're looking for you know homes of their own and jobs you'll have a different set of outlooks so you know we have to recognize uh, that and plan accordingly you can't freeze things in time and say you know because this served us in the past it will serve us in the future so yeah. I think keep being famous for fun absolutely nothing wrong with that but being famous for smart things as well and yeah. different opportunities and different job opportunities and yeah. different economic opportunities so so that really goes to my next question which is about that next sort of where, where we're heading you know um what do you think you know the planning profession and the broader community's role is in planning over that next sort of five to ten years and beyond you know we've got the olympics coming that's in 11 years you know and obviously sort of the 10 years after the olympics is going to be just as important so it's really this next 20 years you know, how do you think we can kind of contribute to that, the future of the city to make sure that we all sort of achieve what we want to achieve out of this next period? Look, I would say it's about getting the structure right. Um, and the structure is really your kind of big infrastructure and your connectivity. So it, it's kind of transport and communications. Uh, not worrying too much about the detail, leaving that to the kind of entrepreneurs, to the market, to the innovators, but having a structure that says we're a polycentric city, we haven't got, you know, okay, Southport is officially the CBD, but it's it's not the, the place that everything radiates out from. We've got a number of centres. They will become more significant. They, they need to become better and better able to meet a wide range of our needs, but better connected. So we need to look at internal connections and councils just revising its transport strategy. And I'm sure that in a year's time when that emerges, that'll be fantastic. Uh, but we also need to think about how we connect with the world at large and with the rest of Southeast Queensland. The biggest mistake is to think that, um, you know, if you cross the Tweed, you know, that's the end of 
things because it's a different state or if you if you, when you get to Beanley that's the end of our interest we're part of <laughs> southeast Queensland yeah. and we've got to think about our place in that bigger picture mm-hmm. and think about you know what we can specialize in rather than competing and saying we want one of those and Logan wants one of those you go well maybe it's only sensible to have one of those in southeast Queensland and this one can go there that one can go in Morton this one can go in Redland Gold Coast can have one rather than everyone having a a little one that doesn't really work so yeah connectivity get the bones get the structure right and then have a planning regime that allows for innovation rewards good design uh, and isn't too picky about um, uh, some of the detail because ultimately that doesn't matter and what makes cities the great cities great is the kind of quirkiness and the weirdness and the locally specific things I mean you go to Barcelona and you see some of the stuff that Gaudi designed yeah. you know Park Güell or or uh, the Sagrada Familia and you kind of go I don't know, how how would he cope with the planning scheme in Brisbane or Gold Coast? I mean, you know, they're just rejected out of hand. Um, (laughs) Now, some people will say, and rightly so, but others would go, well, no, that would be a great shame. So, you know, get the structure and the principles right um, and don't sweat over over the, don't spend a lot of time and effort on the detail. I love it. Well, that's all we have time for. That's... You know, we, we had a whole list of questions and a whole, a whole idea of what we were going to do, but um, that's just been so great. And thanks so much um, for, for being my first guest. You're very welcome. It was uh, my pleasure and privilege. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and thank you for tuning into the Hustle and Bustle podcast this week. We really appreciate all your support. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others find out about us, which means we can keep making these episodes and helps get the best calibre of guests like Paul. Also, you can follow us on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast for guest announcements and for providing any input or feedback on the episodes. So that's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time. Bye.